0: We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edinburgh. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Good to see you all. I think I've met most of you, but if I haven't, my name's Ben. And uh, good to have you here today. Now, I'm going to read a passage. I read it a couple of weeks ago, and of course, you remember everything I say. Uh, it's very powerful. Um, I'm being sarcastic, of course. Um, I read this passage a couple of weeks ago. And I'm going to do a quick recap in a minute because I feel like we're just going to flow on from this. And it's Matthew 28. Jesus had lived, lived a perfect life. He'd laid down his life. He died on a cross. He rose from the grave. And these are some of his last words to his disciples. The eleven, because Judas is gone. Some of his last words. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, because I've got all authority, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of age. Jesus says, I've got all authority, every bit of it on heaven and on earth. And because I've got all authority, you need to go and make disciples. Teach them, baptize them, and remember this, wherever you go, whatever you do, I'm with you to the end of age. Go and make disciples. You know, we're a disciple. If you follow Jesus, you're a disciple. And Jesus told his disciples to go and make disciples. And so a mature Christian, someone who's following Jesus, is someone who makes disciples. It's a command of disciple, of me and you, is to go and make disciples. What's that? It's helping, it's leading, it's supporting, it's it's teaching other people to follow Jesus. Go and make disciples. And that's not just for me. It's not just for the people person, right? It's, it's just not for the prayer team. It's just not for the youth leaders. If you follow Jesus, the command is to go and make disciples. And so we read this a couple of weeks ago. And, then I, and I said, you know, you usually create what, you're, what you do yourself. And I used the example of we, we had a, a, a little boy... He's about four months old and everyone reckons he looks like me. And he, he, apparently, he, I don't I really see it because he's a baby and I'm not a baby. Uh, but apparently we've got the same ears, the same lips. We've both got short legs, long torso. Uh, we both love food. And so there's lots of similarities, right? And I'd hope it looks a little bit like me because it's my child. You know, it'd be, it'd be weird if it didn't. Uh, and so you create what you are. Parents, you know your kids copy your behaviour as well. I remember one day, there was a fly, I don't like flies, they annoy me a lot, buzzing, and uh, there was a fly in the lounge room, and because I'm just a bit of a ninja weapon, I instinctively grabbed one of Talia's nice cushions and threw it at the fly, and I got it, of course, because I'm a weapon. And... Uh, But Myra saw it, my eldest, my four-year-old. And so now every time she sees a fly, she grabs two of Talia's nicest cushions and runs crazy around the house trying to kill the fly. And Talia hates it, but I find it hilarious. And and, because kids copy you, you create what you are. So we talked about going and making disciples, which is a command to all of us. But we said, hey, before before we do that, maybe we should look at how we're following Jesus ourselves. Because if we're going to teach, help, support, walk with people, teach them how to follow Jesus, I better make sure I'm following Jesus. And I think it's a constant thing. And so we talked about that. We talked about a, a few things. We talked about that's being, that's a constant learning. It's about serving. It's being salt and light. It's about being in community. It's about being uncomfortable. You know, we should be uncomfortable. If life's full of comfort, if we're not stepping into new, it means we don't need Faith. Should be a level of being a little bit uncomfortable sometimes. We're obedient, it it's following. And so, over this week and next week, you got me again next week. There's going to be two parts to this, right? Of going and making disciples. And I think I've got a handout. If we could hand that out, uh, Jeremy, that'd be great. Jeremy and Andrew. You know, it can sound a bit intense, go and make disciples, can't it? It's not as intense as it sounds. You know, you don't actually need a qualification. right? You don't have to do this 10-step course to go and make disciples. I'm convinced it's not as hard as it sounds. I think it's something that actually happens quite organically and naturally when we follow Jesus. And so, on the handout, I've got seven points there and we're just going to unpack them a bit and my heart is is as we talk about this there is callings for all of us to go and make disciples if you believe and follow Jesus this is for you and then I was just thinking imagine if we could all just take this to heart and go and lead, help support one person to follow Jesus because our faith isn't just for us it's for others as well so let me just pray, God, I thank you, anoint this today, and your word, and speak to us, have your way in us, in the name of Jesus, amen. Now the prerequisite to all of this is following Jesus, that's the underlining factor of it all, but the first one i got there is be a friend, Luke 7 verse 34, it says, the son of man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collector's. And other sinners, they called Jesus a friend of sinners as an insult to him. Like, oh, you're friends with all the rotten dirt bags. You're friends with the tax collectors, the prostitutes. And I think he would have loved it. He's yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Jesus is many things—he's savior, redeemer, he's Lord—but he's a friend of sinners. And I think it's probably the easiest one for us to replicate. We can't save anyone. Jesus saves them. We, we point them to Jesus, but we can be a friend, a friend of sinners. And friend is really important in discipleship because you trust friends. You have time for friends. You're open with friends. You respect friends' opinion. You care for friends. And you could even change the word discipleship to friendship with intention. And sometimes that word discipleship scares us off a bit because it sounds like a 10-step program or a course. But you could change the word discipleship to friendship. You could change the word discipleship to friendship with intention. Now I think sometimes as a church, uh, we want to go and make disciples, but we don't want to be friends. And then people say, well, who are you? I don't even know if I like you. And we want to go make disciples and the world's saying, I don't know even if I like you as a person. Friends. I've got a whiteboard today. I know, getting official. Official. Friendship with intention. If this is where someone meets Jesus, if this is the moment where they... I know, I know it's often not a moment, but for the sake of this, if there's a moment, often there's a, there's a journey to know Jesus, and that's the point of it all. But say if this is where someone meets Jesus, we often think discipleship starts from there. Right. Okay. They, they 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 come to church. They've responded. They've come to my connect group. They, they've said the special prayer. They know Jesus, and now we'll disciple them. We'll help them follow Jesus. Right. I don't actually think that's that's how it's meant to go. And Paul Balla touched on this as well when he was saying discipleship starts here. Before you know Jesus, because you start as friends. Because what happens is as your friends, if things happen a bit more organically and then they come and know Jesus and then there's already trust, there's already openness, you've already had conversations. You know, I've done this accidentally with someone in the past and it's a fella up at drossen, and we just met because he was working in food land and we just started making conversation, we started talking more, things were happening and we got to know each other and then along the way he, he found Jesus. And then the friendship just continued. There was no need for a 10-step program or a class or anything because the friendship just continued as they met Jesus. We've got to think of discipleship differently. Discipling people to follow Jesus is just being friends and walking with them along the journey. And then somewhere along the line, they'll meet Jesus. It doesn't, that's what I mean. When, we, when it says go and make disciples, we don't have to start running a course. We just got to be friends with people where they're at and walk with them along that journey. Friendship with intention. You know, some people get funny and say, oh, you know, yes, we've got to love people and, and be friends, but we've got to share the gospel. What well, it happens as you're friends. If your friends, okay, oh, what are you doing on a weekend? Oh, I went to church. Okay, cool. That, that stuff comes up uh, uh, as your friends, as their openness, as you do life together, it naturally comes up. See, I, I love that we live in a country town because everyone already knows everything about everyone anyway, right? And so when I'm friends with people at the footy club or anywhere else, they already know who I am and what I do. It's not a surprise to them, what, you're a Christian? No, they know it. And they know you are too. They've seen your car at church. Right, and, and so as we're friends with people, it's not going to be a surprise to them that we're at church on a Sunday. When they say, what are you doing on the weekend? They already know, right? And so when we're friends with people, this stuff happens organically. And so when they see things happen in your life that are meant to be really messy and you have peace, you can chat about it organically because you're friends. And that's discipleship. That's going and making disciples. The door's will open. Who could you be a friend with? If we all just, one person, we could be a friend with intention. We could all do that. We could all do that. We all know many people in our community that don't know Jesus right now. Who's one we could be intentional to be a friend with? The command is to go and make disciples. That's for me, it's for you. You can't get yourself out of that. If you're a mature Christian following Jesus, the command is to go and make disciples. You can't get that rid of that bit out of the Bible. It's in there. But it doesn't, it's not as scary or big as it sounds. It's, it's walking with people. It's living your life real, along the journey. And it doesn't start when they come to church. It starts at work. It starts over the back fence. It starts at the footy club. It starts... The Country Women's Association, the CWA, as they make the best biscuits of the. And, but you get me, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a big deal. And how do you be a good friend? And what kind of friend would you like? <laughs> Think about that. My second point on that handout is pray for them. Pray for him. Jesus was always praying for his disciples. He was always praying for Jerusalem. He was always praying for the Jews. Here, you see, the Apostle Paul I'll read a few prayers. He's always praying for people. What if, as we're being friends, we're discovering these people in prayer? You know, prayer is powerful. Prayer shifts things. Prayer changes things. Prayer seeks the face of God. It illustrates faith. How often do we say we'll pray for someone or we think we'll pray for someone? What if we actually prayed for them? Right. <laughs> I've challenged myself, if ever said I'm going to pray for you, I better pray for you. Right. Pray for them. You know, I've prayed for opportunities to talk with people and opportunities have come. Imagine that. Right? I've prayed that I would run into someone so I could chat with them. And guess what happens? I run into them. Uh, I've prayed, there was a guy who who used to, he's moved away now, but I said, God, I don't know how to connect with him. Because sometimes to go to that friendship, there's like a step there, and there's that connection point. I said, God, I don't know how to connect with this guy. I felt God put on my heart, ask him to play tennis. right? I said, God, that's really weird, because I I don't even, I don't know his name. Turns out he loved tennis. And I opened the door, right? Pray for people. Pray God's blessing. Pray God's favour. You might be starting the friendship, just pray God's love over them, pray they'd learn to understand and experience the gospel, pray for their heart and mind, pray for their family. The Apostle Paul was always praying. You read all these letters as prayers for the church. You can pray them over people. Some of my favourite things to do is to pray scripture, because you're praying and seeking the face of God, but then you're praying scripture over people. You can't lose, right? You don't even have to work out what to pray, just pray some of these prayers Paul's written down. I was going to go to the second one, Julie, in Ephesians 1.15. Ephesians 1.15. How is this for a prayer? Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord and for your love of God, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in the knowledge of your God. That's a pretty good prayer to pray, isn't it? I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has for those he's called his holy people who are rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. What a prayer. In Ephesians 3, verse 14, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength. What if we pray that over everyone? What if we prayed it over our friends? Then Christ, what if we pray that Christ will make his home in their hearts as you trust them, that their roots will grow down deep, that they'll have the power to understand how God's people should, how wide, how long, how high his love is, that they'll experience the love of Christ. Philippians 1.9, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Friendship with intention, praying for him. Set a reminder on your phone. Make a list of who to pray for. Pray God's blessing over them. Now, as you're, as you're walking in this friendship, ask them what you could pray for. You know, prayer is, I heard someone say, prayer is care. I've told people before that aren't following Jesus, that I'm praying for them. You know what they feel? They feel cared for. They might not understand it all yet, but they think, oh, they're thinking of me. They might not understand all but prayer is care. And like I said, if they know you, it's not going to be a surprise that you pray. (laughs) If you're friends of them and you say, Oh, can I pray for you? Like, what? You pray? No, they know. It's not a surprise. They knew what they were getting into when they were friends of you. (laughs) Pray for them. Ask them, Can I pray for you? Is there anything I can pray for you this week? You know, I've done it at the bakery. You know, I've done it at the footy club. And it doesn't have to be this big, perfect, perfectly constructed prayer. There's a guy at footy and, and uh, I've been being friends for a while. And he was chatting to me about stuff. And I said, oh, look, I actually just told him. I said, I'm going to pray for you. I'm the coach, so I can kind of be a bit more direct. And... Um, and this is, what I, this is my prayer for this guy who isn't really, he's on a journey to following Jesus but he probably hasn't made that decision yet. I say, God, you notice his name. You love him and you know him. I pray that you fill him with your peace, your love and your strength and look after him this week. In the name of Jesus, amen. doesn't have to be big. doesn't have to be complicated. Pray for him. Prayer is care. Go and make disciples. Be a friend. Pray for them. That person who you want to see follow Jesus, pray for them every day. Pray that they'd understand and experience the love of God. Cover them in prayer. Pray for opportunities to love them. Pray for opportunities to speak to them. The next point is be generous. John 3, 16. One of the most quoted verses it says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have life. How did God show his love? He gave. I don't know if, if you've noticed or not, but we're not in the most generous world. <laughs> it's about making profit. It's about taking, it's about getting what's mine, it's about looking after myself first and if there's leftovers then you can have a little bit, right? We're not in the most generous world but God's heart is generosity. Jesus was so generous, he literally gave his life, he gave his time, he gave everything he had. You read in the, oh, I won't read this Julie, but in the early church in Acts in chapter 2, they're just giving away everything. No one was in need. Uh, if someone was in need, they had what they need because someone sold something and they're just being generous and giving away. You know, we don't give because we think we're going to lack. Like, I'm not going to give my time. I'm not going to give my effort. I'm not going to give my finances because then I won't have enough for me. But if we think that way, we don't understand the biblical principle of sowing and reaping because what you sow, you reap. So if you give anything into the kingdom of God, you get it back. And so when you give uh, effort, when you give time, when you give resources, when you give financially, the kingdom of God says you reap it back because what you sow, you reap. And so when you give, when you're generous, you're never left empty. You're actually left with more because the biblical principle is when you sow, you reap. In Galatians 6, it says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You always harvest what you plant. You always reap what you sow. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. If you want to break down some walls in a friendship or get to know someone, be generous. Buy them a coffee. Drop around a meal. Buy them a drink. It's one of the easiest ways to... Generosity speaks because the Father's heart is generous. And so when we're generous, we illustrate the Father's heart, even if they don't know it yet. So as we're praying from, as we're friends, as we're being generous, it opens up. Matthew 5:16 it says, "In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see." The message translation puts it this way. It says, "Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven." Think of the generosity from God. He gave his son. Jesus gave his life, he gives us the Holy Spirit, he gives us the gift of peace, he gives us salvation, he gives us forgiveness. God gives and gives and gives and gives and his generosity never ceases and his generosity is not based on us. All of God's generosity is because he is generous. He gives us life. He gave us his son. Jesus gave us his life. He gives us salvation. He gives us the gift of peace. God gives and gives and gives. So when we are generous, when we open up our lives, it illustrates God the Father in heaven. Generosity. Just for a moment, just think about how generous God's been to you and me. Oh, it's pretty special, really. God's, God's amazing. He's pretty generous. We could count the blessings forever of how generous God is. When we're generous, we reflect the Father's heart. What you sow, you reap. You'll never be lacking Generosity. I'm just going to skip ahead briefly to the seventh last point. And we're going to go into a bit more next week, but I want to leave you thinking about something. 1 Peter 3.15, it says, Instead you must worship Christ as Lord of your life, and if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Now, as you're praying for people, as you're being generous, as you're being friends, I promise you, you'll have a chance to share your faith. I promise you. It'll happen. I promise you. They'll see it in you and you have a chance to share your faith. And so be ready. Why do you follow Jesus? Why do you go to church? What's Jesus done for you? Because I promise you, as, as you love and be friends, as you're generous, as you pray for people, an opportunity's going to come, I promise you. I can't tell you how quick it will come, but I promise you, if, as we walk that path, the opportunity will come. And so be ready. That's maybe something to think about this week. If someone asks, you know, why do you follow Jesus? What does it mean? or What would you say? What's Jesus done for you? Because that's making disciples. It's friendship, it's praying for them, it's being generous. And when those opportunities come, you're just sharing what you've lived, what you've done. Be ready. Be ready. You know, over over your journey in faith, think about the people that have helped you follow Jesus. Think about the people that have taught you. It could be a friend, it could be your parents, right? It could be who's the person that brought you along to church or introduced you to Jesus? Who's the person that first shared about Jesus to you? Who's the who's, who? Who the people that helped, supported you in your faith? Whoever those people are, they were responding to the call to go and make disciples. We're all here today because men and women of faith responded to the call to go and make disciples, and we're disciples because of those people. It's pretty special, isn't it? And it's not often not just one person; it's often lots it takes a village, doesn't it? But the call to command for us is to go and make disciples. If you've found Jesus, if Jesus has found you, if you've encountered his love, we keep following him, but suddenly it's not, it's not actually about us, it's about now to go and take that. And it's not as scary or as big as it sounds, it's friendship with a bit of intention, it's generosity, it's praying for him, it's loving him. And I'll promise you opportunities will come. And just as people played a role in your faith, you can, you can play a role in other people's as well. That's pretty special. In fact, it's probably the most lasting impact you'll leave on this earth. Because <laughs> we're in eternity, all that's really going to matter is who else is there. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. So we're going to we're going to finish this off next week. But who's one person? One person who who's not who doesn't know Jesus right now. Who woke up on a Sunday and didn't think about church. Who's one person that you know that you could you could go be a friend. That you could pray for. That you could be generous that you can walk with and you can just be ready to live and share your faith. And that's, that's making disciples. That's what that is. Who's one? It doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be this 10-week course. It's friendship with intention. It's for all of us to go and make disciples. God, I just pray for everyone here. Myself included, God. God, I pray that we'd have your heart for people. God, you love so much that you gave, not just for us, but for our entire community, our friends, our family, our workplaces, our social groups. Those people that don't know Jesus, you love them so much. You care for them so much. And so, God, I pray that you give us that heart for people, give us that love, give us that care as you do, God. And God, give us the boldness, give us the, the wisdom, the strength to, to go and make disciples, to love, to be friends, to be generous, to pray. God, I pray for the power of your Holy Spirit, God, lead us, guide us on how to do it. Put, Put names on our minds right now, God. Put put ways to love them, ways to meet with them, ways to talk to them, ways to build those connections, ways to be generous. God, give us scriptures to pray over them, God. Give us prayers to pray over them, Jesus. And I pray for open doors. God, because those those individuals, those families in our lives, God, you love them and you know them. And God, we call them home. Because home is in your presence. So we pray for our community. We pray for our friends, our families, our colleagues, our neighbours, God. We pray that they would know you, your love, your power, your voice. God, let it happen. Let it be. Whether, whether they've known you or walked away or whether they've never known you, we, God, I pray that they know you. And God, you, you invite us, you choose us to play a part in that, God. So we just humble ourselves, we open ourselves to you, God, lead us, guide us. And God, there's those individuals we're thinking of right now to do this with, to make disciples, to walk with, to be friends with. We pray for them. Wherever they are right now, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you meet them. God, fill them with your love. God, let, I pray that they'll understand and experience your love. God, I pray right now the seeds that are there, they, they spring up to life, God. I pray that your peace will come upon them. I pray for opportunities to love them, to walk with them, to be generous, to talk with them, God. Holy Spirit, have your way in us and through us your kingdom bills and names are added in eternity. God, we want to be a church that makes disciples. We want to be a church that we follow Jesus and we help other people follow Jesus. So anoint our paths as we walk this week. Give us eyes to see, use to hear, heart to perceive your heart for people. Let it be in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I encourage you, take, take the little piece of cardboard with you have a think about it it doesn't have to be a big scary thing it's just doing our life of people as we follow jesus we're helping people follow jesus hey have a great week guys grab a coffee encourage someone catch up with someone and uh, have an incredible week be blessed see you next week